Hey, Nerd Talk Nation, it's your host, Jordan Halstead, and me and Micah today are going to be talking about DC's newest installment, The Flash. Micah, thanks so much for joining me. I feel like we should, like, redo that intro now, and we should, like, say, and Micah, or, you know, this is your host, and this is your co-host, and this is your... I'm just giving you a hard time. Um, glad to be back, <laughs> um, like I am every week, and to talk a little DC shop with you. Yeah. Okay, so this is a movie that's been talked about for a while, and you and I are are big superhero fans. That's no, I mean, any to any of our listeners, that's no surprise. We talk about Marvel, we talk about DC, we talk about pretty much everything under the sun, um, Star Wars, all of it. And so Marvel or, or DC and Marvel have kind of been at it for a few years, and Marvel pushed out the the MCU, and DC started to kind of replicate that, and we started with. Man of Steel, which is one of your favorite movies. You absolutely mm-hmm. hype that one up a lot. Um, I'm not going to say it's like your favorite movie, but I would say it's, if I were to guess, it'd probably be at least top 15. Uh, are we talking DC or superhero? Just or like superhero all time. In general? Uh, like everything. It's definitely one of my favorite DC projects. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so looking at that, like, going through all the the hope of oh hey we've got man of steel we've got batman versus superman dawn of justice we've got the justice league we got the snyder cut we got wonder woman 1984 we got um both both of those films uh we ended up getting an aquaman film we got suicide squad the suicide squad we got birds of prey uh or the harley quinn movie um i mean it's kind of been all over the place with some of these films did you have high hopes for this film walking in out of everything that we've seen in the DC universe so far, did you have high hopes walking in? Can I say yes and no? Yeah. So yes, you just because, have to explain it. <laughs> well, yes, yes, because it, I've never, we've never seen a Flash movie. Okay. And I was excited to see a Flash movie. Now, uh, I've never seen an episode of the Flash, and we talked a little bit about that before we hit record for this episode, but like. I was excited simply because, you know, we talk about Big Bang Bang Theory on this podcast before, and we've talked about Big Bang Theory, and I can't talk tonight, Big Bang Theory and, um, you know, just conversations that you and I have, and you always see Sheldon wearing a Flash shirt, and, like, there's always this curiosity about the Flash, right? Or when they all dress up as Halloween, and they're like, let's walk in a line so it looks like he's moving in slow motion. Right, and so, like, the episode where he gets really frustrated at Leonard, and he runs all the way to the Grand King in the back, and he's dressed up as a Flash, and it's just... Lord, how you turn it up to two degrees on the thermostat, Leonard? How you frustrate me or something like that? Yeah, yeah. But like, I was super excited for it because it had never been done before. Now, going in knowing what we know about the DC and the DC EU and the DC universe and the DC and the DC and the DC, and it seems like every day there's some sort of drama with DC and like the D and DC should be drama because it's like drama comics. Yeah. I just can't deal with like, they just can't make up their minds. And it's like, um, I don't know if you said that or Chad said it, but like, I think Jordan, you said at Warner brothers and discovery just need to sell DC. Oh, absolutely. Also, they need to let DC just sit and collect dust for like three to five years and not do anything. No projects, no series, no animated, no nothing. And then try to do some rebooting in about three to five years and then see where it goes. Whether that's James Gunn, whether that's somebody else, great. But it's just, they've ran it into the wall and I just can't get on board. Like, and it's like, 
the movie industry is changing and we're seeing that in real time because people are just not interested in going to the movies anymore. They're not making the money that they once were. And I don't care if it's Marvel. I don't care if it's DC. I don't care if it's the Fast and the Furious franchise. I don't care if it's you name the movie, right? It's like they're just there's just not traction in the movie theater in a post-COVID world. And so, um, you know, I really struggle with like setting those expectations because you go into a theater and you're like, I'm going to go spend my money because I'm like, man, I was really excited to see Black Adam. I thought Black Adam was solid. I thought Dr. Fate, Pierce Brosnan, that whole cast was great. I thought the movie was great. Yeah, absolutely. Didn't get good reviews and it didn't make the money. Flash, same deal. But well, even you skipped a movie there too. Shazam, Fury of the Gods, which like I wanted to go see in the movie theater. My my month of March just got crazy. My grandmother mm-hmm. passed. We were sick. We had spring break. I mean, there was too many things happening at once. And I was like, oh, like by the time you went to go see it, it was out on, on digital. And so yes. I just was like, I'll just buy it. I'll just wait, wait like an extra week and I'll buy it. And you're seeing that like same thing happened with my wife and I. We wanted to go see the Fast and Furious, uh, the, the latest Fast, Fast 10, and Furious yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, Fast 10. And you texted me in the middle of the night and it was like, it's on iTunes. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect it to drop as quick as it did. And I was at camp and mm-hmm. I had texted you. I was like, hey, this movie dropped already. But I think that's the way of the future. Um, they're going to keep movies in theaters for people to watch and enjoy. But like, you know, I, I love going to a theater. Like that's something that my wife and I love to do. And we and I've shared that on the show many a times. But like there's something about going to see a movie on a big screen. Now, um, so that was so yes and no, right? Does that answer yeah. your question? Yes, I wanted to go see it because uh, there had not been a Flash movie done before, and I was excited to see what they were going to do. Yes, we got the little bit of the Flash in the Justice League movie, but then no, because I knew what was coming with with DC and them kind of closing this chapter of the DCEU moving forward and letting James Gunn take over and to see where and they that essentially this movie does nothing. Correct. So what did you think going in? Did you have kind of those same expectations that I did? Yeah. Um, I was excited because, well, Michael Keaton as Batman. Oh, my gosh. I was so well, excited we'll to see that. We'll just do another podcast on that alone. Yeah, that that alone will, will take up most of today's time. But, um, I yeah, I know. I see you wearing your Batman shirt. Um, I think even with, with the Supergirl that they brought in and some mm-hmm. of the cast members that they brought in, like, it was well done. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side... There's just, and I wrote, I wrote, okay, so let me back up really quick. I do a thing at Chartel, which is where I work, uh, Chartel Church of God, and I do this thing called the pre-screen team. I go and I preview a movie that started with my buddy Bama, who's been on the podcast before. Um, Bama passed away um, almost a year ago. Um, we're coming up on his his one-year anniversary of his death, and um, we we he and I walked in and saw Shang-Chi together. And I absolutely loved it. And I sat back with him. I said, hey, I've got the budget. Can I just start taking you to go see movies? And we just start kind of pre-screening and saying, hey, this is something that works or, or doesn't work. And he was like, yeah, no, that sounds awesome. So we saw Eternals. We said no. We saw Spider-Man No Way Home. We said yes. Um, I think I even took students to go see that movie. Um, we went and saw Multiverse of Madness. And he said no. No, he didn't go with me to that one. Um, but we both saw it and, and said no. Um, just for certain reasons, uh, love and thunder. We said no for obvious reasons. Um, but then he passed. And so I've kept this tradition going and and I I take my, my volunteers to go see these movies. And I started reaching out to DC 
And so I was really excited to do this. And a tornado actually was coming in uh, that night. They thought a tornado was going to hit us. And so I talked with, with my senior pastor and he said, yeah, just be aware that an F4, I think he said it was an F4 tornado hit that movie theater in 2013 and it did not even move a brick. Like it, it, this thing was built to withstand a tornado. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And he's like, that's probably one of the safest places you'll ever be during a tornado. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, my whole team ended up bailing on me. So I went and I saw this thing solo and I, I wrote my review and I give it a really harsh review. Not because it's a bad movie, but because they pulled from source material that has been done three times now. Um, once in animated, once on the TV show, and then once now in the movie. And the only one to come even close to, to the, the pure genius that is the story Flashpoint was the movie Flashpoint Paradox, which is an animated movie. Um, which you can do so much more with animated movies than, than live action. But I think one of the problems that we face with this movie, and, and Scott, when, he, when we were recording um, a future episode with, with Doctor Strange, as we were because we record a lot of stuff at once and then and find slots and, and time them out, um, when we were talking about a few things, he talked about the visual effects. So we're going to move into that and, and talk about that. So what did you think about visual effects in this? Because, you know... We let, let's use Eternals for example. You have the deaf Eternal who runs at Mach five or whatever. Like she just like is running like nobody's business. And then you have Quicksilver, and you have Quicksilver again from the Fox and the uh, MCU universes, and and the different ways they've shown super speed. How did you like the Flash's visual effects of his speed? Let's start with that one. So again, I don't have much to go by because I never saw the series. I don't read much of the com. I read some comics, but not like to the to the degree that you do, Jordan. Um, yeah, I thought that they were okay. You know, when we talked to Scott in another conversation, he wasn't super thrilled about it. But then I read, you know, conflicting reports after the movie was released that said that that was intentional. I don't know if you read anything about that or not, but um, I think that was a cop out personally. I well, think you it, saw it, that it, it was. It, it was may rough very well. It may very well have been, and I don't know that, and you don't know that, but like, you know, I I thought it was okay, but then again, you know, I could be completely wrong. And then sometimes, you know, like depending on what theater you go to, whether you go see like at IMAX or if you go see at a regular theater, like you may or may not notice that stuff as much until you like get home and watch it on a really high quality television. True. Yeah. So like I felt that way when I went and saw Ant Man and the Lost Quantum Mania. Like I thought that the movie was good. I thought that the the cinematography was good. But then when we got home, one of the things I noticed about Ant-Man was like the whole movie, the way that it was filmed and the grain and the filter, especially when they got into the quantum realm, it was really, really dark and hard to see, especially those scenes with Kang. And so like, I don't know if it was just the way that it was filmed, but then seeing it in the theater, but then when we, you know, when they released it on Disney plus a couple of you know months later, I'm like, it's still dark. So it's the way that they filmed it. It's that dark, grainy, dingy look. And they yeah. did that a lot with all of DC's projects, for that matter. Um, unless they were out in like daylight, natural daylight, you don't see. It's very dark the whole yes. the whole time. So, um, unless it's Wonder Woman or Shazam, yeah. And so, <laughs> but then you you know if you add that on top of the visual effects that you're seeing in these movies, it's just like, is that on purpose or not? So, I to answer your question, I don't know. I thought that they were okay. I don't know. You said that you weren't a big fan. I struggled there. So there's a scene at the end. Well, it's kind of 
when when he gets to a point where he breaks the barrier and he's in that like sand snow globe kind of thing with all the memories around him. Mm-hmm. I just felt like it was looking at a bunch of plastic toys. Like I, I didn't feel like they were actually people there. It was very clear that it was visual effects. And I'm like, I know that this is not going to be real because superpowers are not an actual thing. Um, like no matter how bad I wish I had superpowers, those aren't actually real. So with that, I have the understanding that, okay, you're going to have to have someone come in and digitally create something. But I feel like with this movie, this movie was supposed to come out in like 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, And it kept getting pushed back. And it kept getting pushed back and pushed back. And so it's 2023. And this movie feels like you really only put maybe two to three weeks of visual effects into some of the, the spots, which doesn't feel like a lot. Um, but like for me, I, I rebuilt a room within like two weeks. So like, I mean, I know a lot can be done in that, especially when that's where your focus is. But I just feel like it was kind of lazily done. Um, and and we can talk more about that later. But I, just, I feel like it just didn't hit what it could have, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so and we've had other conversations, Jordan, about the whole you know, animated versus live action and how much more they can do in respect to making those things look so much better in the animated world. Like you look at the Bad Batch, you look at Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, you look at, um, you know, heck, even the Clone Wars and, and, and Rebels, like the other Star Wars series, anything animated that Dave Filoni touches is just gold. Yeah. And so um, it's just, it shows you the difference between the animated and the real, you know, the live action. And so, um I don't know, man, like the whole the whole conversation of like you and I had a conversation separately about Transformers, for example, and like the CGI and how they get carried away with it. But like, at least it looks good yeah. <laughs> for the most part. Um, I don't feel like this this looked that great. I agree with you. I think that it, it missed the mark in a lot of ways. Um, not that it was a bad movie. I think that for the casual moviegoer, I think they would enjoy it. Um, but and I hate saying it this way. It's a DC project. Sure. And and w- I don't expect this kind of shoddy workmanship when it comes to Marvel. I just don't. I expect this from DC. And so I think that it was easier for me to have my guard let down with some of that. But you also pulled... And, and, and I've talked about this too. So when you pull from one of my favorite comic books, I'm going to be a lot harsher. Sure. And, and that's not a against you. It's just a you decided to pick one of my favorite books. My top three favorite books, um, well, actually, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say my top five. So some of my favorite books include Red Sun Superman, Flashpoint, Civil War, Planet Hulk, 1602. Those are my top five events. Like, I will, I will sit down. If you want to talk shop, those will be the ones I typically talk about. Um, those are my favorites. And of those five, three have been adapted into live action in some way, shape or form. And so like civil war, I'm extremely harsh on that movie. Um, You get onto me all the time about how it's not a bad movie. And I'm just, I'm very harsh on it. And the older I'm getting, the more that I'm, I'm watching it. Cause I I have rewatched it a few times. The more I rewatch it, the more it just becomes okay for me. I just know that how I would have preferred to see it would have been a phase um, because I think that there's just so much more story to be told and we didn't deserve that yet. 
but mm-hmm. you can't bring in Tony Stark as Robert 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 Downey Jr. as Tony Stark for twenty films. That's unexpected or that, that's unreasonable. You you just can't do that. Um, now he might want to do it, and that's a different story. But you can't just be like, all right, we're here's twenty movie contract, and like a ton of them are going to be in the same years. Um, you, you just you can't do that. And so I get it. However, Flashpoint. I feel like, and, and Will and I talked about this a lot, and Will said it like no one else could. I feel, and Will feel, feels, that we didn't deserve this yet. We as the viewers did not need this movie yet. It was it was done too prematurely. It was one that you could have easily gone in and just kind of scrapped it because you're really not restarting the universe you're gonna be kind of building your own new thing um and now it begs the question are you going to reuse ezra miller um so so let's move to to this real quick did you like ezra miller in this movie (laughs) that's a great question um because i did see it and it's been a you know a little bit since i've watched it but the well, it's been a week, actually, for me. Yeah. Um, he has his moments. Do you mean like Ezra Miller just as, as Barry in the Flash or Barry in the Flash and his variant of himself or the Period. younger version of himself? Just, okay. just Ezra Miller in this whole thing. No. I liked him in, in, in Justice League, but I, did, I didn't necessarily care for him in, in this one. Do you think that our opinion of him as an actor sways our opinion as him as the character? Because of all the the to be honest, no, I I don't really you know I kept it separate when I went in to see it. Like honestly, I didn't think two seconds about that when I went to go see it in the theaters. Um, I just don't think he's that great of an actor. I don't think he has a lot of depth. And the more that you talk about it, Jordan, the more I think about it and the more I'm like, I'm giving it a lot more grace than you are, but like he is kind of obnoxious and annoying. And I know that that's kind of the, the character of the, of Barry as the teenager of, of who the flash is. But it, it just seems like if I ran into him on the street, that's probably how I feel like he would act. I don't know. I, I don't know if you feel that way. It's just, I was thinking about that as we were talking about it. I, uh, I hated his performance, to be honest. And 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 I think here here okay, hear me out. I don't hate Barry Allen. Barry Allen is my favorite flash. What killed me was the stupid pose that he pulled in order to run fast. I don't know if you if you caught that. Every time he went to go run, he would do the whole and like he'd throw his arms back and in this one stance and then like he'd lift a leg and I was just like, Oh, please fart, please fart. Like I really just, or like fall over something com- or comical because this is stupid. Like why you should never have to get in a specific pose to get yourself ready to run. You should just like kind of start to run because you move faster than everybody else does. So like you starting to even step, everyone else should start moving slower I will say this. My favorite thing that they did with him was during the baby scene at the very beginning. And he he's like, my metabolism's shooting really low. I didn't get my thing. 
um, oh, there's a snack bar, like he or the vending machine. And he like went and got a ton of snacks and like he's filling up while he's doing stuff he's eating to keep his metabolism going. I loved that because that's that's an old joke about uh, speedsters is that their metabolism is just so high because they're always running. Um, and I love that the way that they played it, I love the way that they portrayed it. It was just very, very well told. Yeah, I was, I was kind of worried at the beginning of the movie, rather when you see all these babies falling from a hospital, <laughs> I'm like, please don't tell me they're going to kill all these children right off the bat in the beginning of this movie. And he's going to fail his first mission as a superhero. Like I was really worried that that's where they were going as dark as DC can be at times. DC has a history of, Yeah being very violent yeah and the fact that that um the fact that that he saved them i was i was shocked but not surprised if that makes sense like it was one of those like because i i thought that they were going to pull like you said everybody dies um and that or at least one one child would die um i personally expected the kid in the microwave when he puts the kid in the microwave and the fact that it dings at the end then that's how he remembers i'm like you didn't turn it on because there's a child inside. How did it ding just sitting there? I'm like, and that's the other thing. This guy is pure electricity. Like as he's building momentum, like he's building electricity. I would not put a kid in a microwave and then touch it. Cause if, if like electricity got it, it would, it would give it enough power to fry that kid. Oh my gosh. I just, Nope, couldn't do it. Did, did, were you surprised that Wonder Woman showed up? I was, and I was, I was grateful that they did that. Um, and here's why. Like, it, you know, as we know it, the DCEU is coming to an end. They're kind of shutting the chapter. We've talked about that a little bit. Um, I, was, I was glad that they gave them a nod in this yes. movie. Like, they brought her back. They brought uh, Affleck back as, as Batman. Um, they Henry Cavill wasn't in it per se, but like he was in kind of, but the, you saw him like kind of his back. Cause he's, yes. he's taking care of a volcano. Yeah. Yep. So like he, the, the nod to that justice league, that version of the justice league, I was grateful that they did that. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't like the way that the lasso of truth was kind of being used. Cause I, I was like, I don't feel like that's comic book accurate. Um, you don't just start just sharing secrets. It's more of a, you, it compels you to tell the truth. So, like, if you are asked a question, then you have to tell the truth. And I, I didn't really like that they were just volunteering that information. Because I was like, I don't feel like that's accurate. But I, I thought the scene was was kind of funny as itself, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, what what did you think of the whole, instead of him stopping his mother's killer, him going in and having to put the can of tomatoes in the in the shopping cart what'd you think of that i mean i feel like you're 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 dodging what i really want to talk about in this movie um but we're gonna get to him i promise I, we're getting to him well i thought you were gonna like because you asked about wonder woman and i thought you were gonna ask about ben affleck's batman and bruce oh, wayne you know but, what? let's let's no, go ahead no, and no, ask let's, that then. let's do no, that no. and t- let's gush about batman at the end that's fine um the i don't know much about the story of the flash Okay. Um, comic book accuracy, but wasn't that something you weren't super thrilled about? I was, I was deeply upset that okay. the, so, okay. So comic book wise, he goes in and stops his, his mother's killer who is the reverse flash. 
And when they go and do that, this series of events, this chain of events happen. And he kind of wakes up like it, it kind of happens really quick. He wakes up and he doesn't have powers anymore. He's just working his, his normal job and things start to look different for him outside of the fact that his mom is there. Mm-hmm. And so like the Themyscarians and the Atlanteans are at war. Um, you find out all these different things. Superman's not even in the picture. Um, all this stuff happens, but the reverse flash is still a part of things. And that's, I think, one of the things that that drives me crazy personally is that we didn't see him try to stop his mom's killer. We didn't see him try to figure out who killed his mom um, because I think that could have helped set up future stories um, and kept Ezra Miller in. Not that I want Ezra Miller, but that could have helped with that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was fairly upset with that my, myself. So, so a couple of things I, because I didn't know the depth of the story, I would agree that like, that would have been interesting to see how his mom died for real. Um, and him, him being able to, to face his, his mom's killer, even if it was like a, like a passing or, you know, having that confrontation briefly, not like to, to go into full, you know, cause this is all kind of like him just doing it in passing as he's going back right so like um if he would have been able to kind of like you know i don't know shoulder check the guy or or whatever um just to just to kind of get some of that feeling off of his chest if you will um but the other thing is like man i i have struggled so much the last couple of months and i don't know if it's just because i'm just an emotional guy and the older i get the more emotional i get um but i've shared that my mother passed away almost two years ago and I, I, there were, there was twice that I cried during this movie. Like I cried in guardians of the galaxy. We did an episode about that, about the third movie of the guardians. And I cried the whole movie. Um, but for the flash, when he's, you know, he goes back and has that conversation with his mom and man, I just started sobbing in the theater. Like my wife's like, are you all right? I'm like, yep, doing great. And, um, and the other part was when, uh, when, when, Batman dies, Michael Keaton's Batman dies and he goes Barry goes to him, he's like, we can go back and we can fix this, and he's like, I think you already have and I'm like, oh just tugged in my heart like it was just so good like that writing in that moment and that scene was just so good but um, but that specific Batman had a few really good lines yes, um, but they wrote him very well, Yeah, and we'll get into that yeah, so, you know, in respect to, to the whole tomato can thing i didn't care for it but that i care i didn't care for it in the 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 way that you're talking about it but i also cared about that scene and the conversation that he has with his mother because you know i've not shared this but the day that my mother died i went to call her and they said that she didn't have much time left and when i called that she had already passed and so, you know, the fact that he got to have that conversation, even in passing, you know, made me wish that I could have that same conversation. And I think that scenes like that is why these movies, though, in many ways, they miss the mark. They deeply hit the mark, too. I think I think DC pulled on a lot of heartstrings in that moment for, for people who've gone through it. 
and people who wish that they could have one more conversation. So, yeah, no, it's 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 some hard stuff and it, it's some real stuff. Oh, why did we just do that? <laughs> because it's it's real, and and that's what we do here is we talk about the real stuff. And I guess the whole Guardians of the Galaxy three movie, like yeah. I just that's just they really you know, and we talked about that in Phase Four well, even, Marvel too with the whole like the whole Wakanda theme of Lost. Yes, oh, the, mo- like, the mom dies. <laughs> anything anything after Endgame that was directly tied in has I mean Aunt May's death and No Way Home. Black Widow, some of that stuff that was in there. Um, I mean, Shang-Chi Eternals, yeah, whatever. Uh, Multiverse of Madness, there were some spots where it pulled on your heartstring. Thor Love and Thunder, while it was a stupid movie, still had some heartstring <laughs> spots. I mean, everything, there there were moments for every single one of these. Yeah. So, so we've wasted enough time, I guess, is the best way to say that. Let's talk <laughs> Batman. So, out of the Batman that showed up, which was your favorite? Val Kilmer. First for a thousand. One, the one that didn't show up. <laughs> Christian Bale. Well, yeah. Well, Pattinson. I'm I'm just saying, like, out of that era, Val I Kilmer know. Was I, li- <laughs> I have a I have a big soft spot for Batman Forever. It's one of my favorite Batman's movies, like Batman movies. Um no, I Michael Keaton. All day. Okay. Um, I, I figured that was going to be your answer, but I was like, I'll just go ahead and ask it. Probably. So Michael Keaton, then Ben Affleck, then Nicholas Cage. He was Superman. Mm, not Nicholas Cage. I'm so sorry. George Clooney. George Clooney. Okay. Um, why did I say that? I feel really <laughs> stupid. I was thinking we were having a conversation, another conversation before we hit record about Nicholas Cage. That's why I said we, that. We did. Yes. Um, but Back to the nod at the beginning of the movie with Wonder Woman and stuff. I love Ben Affleck. I love the evolution of Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne. And we've talked about kind of the evolution of the character in real life and their superhero character. And we talked about how like Michael Keaton was a good combination of Bruce Wayne and Batman. Val Kilmer was a great Batman, but not a great Bruce Wayne. George Clooney was not good at all. Christian Bale was <laughs> Christian Bale was another. I thought he was a great Batman and a great, great Bruce Wayne. But then, he, but then, but then, I personally I think that, he kind of didn't hit the mark with his Bruce as well as he could have. His Batman was great, though. Oh, absolutely. But then when you get to Ben Affleck, I thought that he was an outstanding older version of who Bruce Wayne is. Yes. Um, and then like his Batman grew on me as as the time progressed. By the time you get to Justice League after Batman versus Superman, um, you know, and then when we get to um, you know, the Flash and stuff, it's like they're taking me on a ride with him, and so. I liked him more as time progressed, but like, I really specifically enjoyed him as the older version, the older statesman of that version of Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um, and this movie, I, I thought that it was great. I thought it was a little weird. The whole like flirting between him and wonder woman. I thought that whole thing was kind of okay, weird. So, so let me, let me step you back really quick. So the reason that they did that, there's an old 2001 to 2003, somewhere in that time frame. Um, there was an old cartoon called Justice League, and then they did Justice League Unlimited. So this was a Cartoon Network series. Um, if you've not seen it, I highly encourage you to go check that out. Um, I know you're, you're, you you had told me, like, when I started getting you on to Clone Wars, you're like, I'm not a cartoon guy. And then afterwards, you're like, 
actually like these cartoons. These are really good. Um, so this is another one of those that like the Justice League was really good and Batman and Wonder Woman were an item. And it's one of those few moments that was just weirdly good in a lot of ways. And they kind of replicated that in the DC universe, um, the DC extended universe, whatever they called it. Um, as, as they were doing that, they had uh, Gal Gadot and Ben Affleck kind of pairing off. Um, what was it called? Uh, the Justice League cartoon. Was it Unlimited? Or the Justice League Unlimited? So, or was it Justice So it League? was Justice League, and then the sequel series was Justice League Unlimited. Okay, so you're talking about Justice League. Yes. Well, both of them, they, they had uh, Batman and Wonder Woman as, a, as an exclusive item. Um, but it's, it, it, was, it was really cool. Uh, to see that there. And so when they had those two kind of flirting and all that, while it seems weird to other people, I'm over here like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Well, there were, well, I didn't, I knew that like in the comics, there was, there was this kind of like this romantic thing between them, but in the movies, you don't see that. And then like in justice league, it's like, man, like she just wants to rip his throat out. Right. And she's mad at him for all his decisions. And so, here you are, <laughs> here we are in, in the Flash movie, and they're like, hey, hey, Bruce, hey, 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 Wonder Woman, like, how you doing? And it's like, <laughs> completely opposite, right? Of, You're like, this is junior high. Yes, this all over again. This is junior high flirting all over again. Ugh. And so, yeah, I, that was a little bit painful to watch. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I thought that he crushed it as Batman, and I liked what he did as Bruce Wayne um, as well, and which leads us to, to, to the man, to the, to the 1989 Batman, Michael Keaton. Um, yes. I was, I'm not going to lie. I was a little concerned when they <laughs> go, into, when they go into the mansion and he's the, the old, old man, like super old, beat up, washed up kind of version of himself. And I thought that like, you've seen it in other movies and projects where they're like, they're like a, a version of their former selves and they're not able to live up to that expectation because they once were that and they're not going to be that anymore. And so like, I was afraid they were going there with that Batman, but I don't think that Michael Keaton would have let that happen. So, um, and I knew he was going to knock it out of the park because you know what, what we saw with him as Vulture in Spider-Man: Homecoming. I like, was going to say was, his his Vulture just shows that I don't care how old this guy gets, he's gold all yep, the way around. He's seventy three, and so, uh, yeah, I. All day long, I could say. Like, I love that they could bring Batman from 1989 back into 2023 into a film like he had never missed a beat. Yeah. But, like, having better technology and CGI and updated, you know, tech with suits and everything like that. Like, they still made him look like 1989 Batman, but they, it it looked good, if that makes sense. Did you like his jab at Marvel? Which part? So, so there's a moment when they're talking with him in the kitchen and he says, okay, so you messed with time. Well, time doesn't work like this. You probably watched some movie where they said, if you make one adjustment, it changes. And he shows him with spaghetti and he was, he was making fun of when the ancient one is showing Bruce. He's like, you probably watched some movie that told you this. Mm -hmm. And, And I was like, okay, you're kind of two folding it because when, when Marvel says, where'd you learn time travel rules from a movie? Oh, we're basing all this off of Back to the Future? Wait, it's all a lie? Like, all that, like, they're making fun of that, but then they're making fun of Marvel 
at the same time. Like it, it was a twofold joke and I loved that. And I caught it and I was like, that is so funny. Can we, um, can we take a moment to appreciate the fact quickly that Michael Keaton has been in the MCU, the Sony verse, spider verse and the DC. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He, <laughs> who he, else can this, say this that? Of, this is a guy of many talents, but who else can say that they've been in all three of those worlds? I think Oscar Isaac. Yeah, but he did Star Wars too. So there you go. Maybe, maybe that's maybe he wasn't in DC. He's he did he did Star Wars. That's what it was. He did Star Wars. He did Marvel, X Men, and he did and, Marvel. And, so he's in Fox, Sony, Disney, and Star Wars. So he he's it's like a select few that's done that many kind of roles like that, like crossing anyways, the universes. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, but anyways, going back to Michael Keaton, um, what did you think of his Batcave? In I respect like, to, I feel like bat caves are, are just as important as the Batmobile or the, the Batman himself in the suit and all of it. And if if you were to go in and look at all these different Batmans and then you go and compare it to the Flash's Batman and the Batcave and everything, where where would this rank for you? Did you like it? Did you not? Did you feel like it was cool? Did you feel like it was kind of stupid? What 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 do you think? I liked it simply because um one of my favorite things is when he pulls the little lever up and it just turns all the lights on and everything just comes back i like how it was like covered up like it was it hadn't been used in a while and they played off of like that. you had the had the the uh, cobwebs and all that yeah and you know but as soon as he turned it on it was like hey we're back in business kind of thing um we didn't get much of that with ben affleck's batman yeah, it was more him as Bruce Wayne. He's the billionaire. He's kind of the head of the Justice League. Um, but we don't see much of the Batcave and the Bat tech as much as we did like in the early 80s or I'm sorry, the late 80s, early 90s is, you know, Batman progressed from from Keaton to Kilmer to Clooney to Christian Bale. Um, they focused a lot on that in those movies. And I think that they focused more on Ben Affleck's version of just being the face of the Justice League. Slash Bruce Wayne. Michael Keaton, though, I mean, it's just, I I felt like I was going back in time. I was watching 1989 Batman in 2023. Yeah. And if they would have flushed the flash down the toilet, I would have cared less because I'm getting Michael Keaton as Batman in 2023. Do you... And that's so bad to say about the flash. No, it's not because this this movie was okay. Um, I'm not going to say that it was bad. I, th- I think it was okay. It's just w- when you are struggling with an actor who has a history, who has been in the public eye and not in a good way, um, when you are building a cast, I mean, the the girl who played Supergirl, I've never heard of her before. Um, My when, wife said that she was in a soap opera, like Days of Our Lives or The Young and the Restless or something like that. That's like her only other credit. Yeah. <laughs> like w- when you've got so little fame here, and you're kind of riding on one person, essentially, for, for good publicity. Yeah. No, pull. let Michael Keaton carry the weight of this one. And and he deserves it. It really should have been the Batman instead of the Flash. This this I would have rather had this than Pattinson's, too. Um, but, but really, in the grand scheme of things, I think that Keaton really brought his A game into this. Well, and like I said earlier in the episode that you know, Jordan, one of my favorite lines in the whole movie is when 
he dies. And, you know, spoiler alert, uh, it's a little late now, but spoiler alert, the, you know, when, when he dies and the flash goes up to him, he's like, we can, we can go back and we can fix this. And he's like, I think you already have. It's such a good moment. Yeah. Um, and it just comes full circle to remind people of, guess what? I'm Batman. Like, it's just so good. Well, and this is one of those moments where you, they took enough liberty um, and made it their own, but there were parallels to the original story. Like, the fact that they kept killing these characters, they they lost a lot of characters in Flashpoint. Um, and the reason they did that was because you're undoing what you just did. So like basically your, your hero does something has to learn through this story. And at the end he has to fix it. Right. So nothing that happened in between the starting point and his lesson learned, none of that even matters, but, but they go in and they kill all these characters off and, and they go back and try and fix it and repeat and repeat and repeat. I was like, okay, that's not how, the comic was so that was one thing that kind of bothered me but i was like okay i can see why you're trying that because you're wanting to make sure that everything's fixed because your sole focus is you want your mother alive but then you finally come to that realization she can't be alive like that that's a fixed point um so we'll, we'll see kind of what they try to do the next time they do flashpoint because that's just such a famous book that they'll they'll probably retry it again at some point um but I, I really liked the fact that um, at one point they actually replicate almost verbatim um, giving the Flash's powers back. So in the comic, he doesn't have a doppelganger running around. It's just him living his life, but he doesn't have his powers. And so he actually has to get lightning struck again. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have to re- redo it, but he doesn't he doesn't get his powers the first time. But nobody comes in and, and picks him up and carries him into the storm. He he gets shocked twice, and then he gets his powers. Whereas Supergirl takes him up into the storm, which was cool. And they they didn't repeat an event prior, like taking Man of Steel and doing kind of a twist on it. Um, so it felt like it was just merging stories together at that point. Yeah. Well, and Michael Shannon came out and said, I feel like we're not actually doing art here. He wasn't um, thrilled about it, apparently. Yeah. Which I'm like, then you shouldn't have done it. <laughs> like, sorry, buddy. Um, but but at the end, they do fix it. They get everybody home. And the last thing that we really see film-wise, because they didn't do post-credit scenes, is Barry calls Bruce and tells him, hey, you were right. Got to fix this. How do you feel the ending went? I loved it. And, and really? Well, I loved it because like I was like, oh, everything's back to normal. And then he and he was convinced that it was he back was convinced. To normal. Yep. And then Bruce gets out of the car and it's George Clooney and he's like, What the language? And yeah. they went off the they went off the air and the movie was over. You're uh, not Batman. It's just I love that. I will I will say this though. Mr. Freeze could... Mr. Freeze needed to show up. <laughs> yes. This this ice to see you, Flash. I'll kill you next time. <laughs> I'll be back. Okay. If I were to go in and fix that, me personally, to help make this movie better for me, 
I think I would have had Bruce show up and never show his face. You see from the, the shoulders down and you see, you see Barry and he's like, wait, you're not, you're not Bruce. What the heck? And then they go in and end the movie because then you can use that as the catalyst point to start your new, your new Batman. Because now this Flash is not in a new universe unless you plan on making George Clooney your Batman moving forward, which I think would be stupid. We don't need any more of the nipple suit. I just, I, I just no, we, we do not need that. Do what? So, so I'm really sensing that we need to do a Batman and a Robin podcast scene. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can, we can run through the Keaton and the Tim Burton Batman films and all the way through George Clooney. And no, 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 no. We just need to do Batman and Robin. Just need to do, I want to do Arnold Batman Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. <laughs> oh. oh my goodness. That would be ice. <laughs> so anyways, uh, if you could go in and fix anything or change anything specific um, other than the whole movie, because I'm, I'm going to put that parameter on me. Is there anything that you would do that would would change it for you? I mean, I don't think there's anything you could do because knowing what we know about the kind of the where the the DC you know is going as far as their their movies and the product, like you can't really you know change anything without thinking about the overarching story. Um, it's better than I thought it was going to be, but. But again, I think it's another um, unfortunate miss on DC's part. Well, I know that this one had heavy uh, Warner Brothers influence on it. So I'm not going to say that this is necessarily DC's fault. I think a lot of this comes down to an overbearing. Instead, instead of General Zod, have Arnold Schwarzenegger show up as Mr. Freeze and freeze everybody. <laughs> Maybe that's what I would have done differently. <laughs> or poison. Just- or poison okay. ivy, or poison real, ivy, not a nowhere. Real quick, like blowing the little pink dust on everybody. Real quick, I just want all of our listeners to know how much fun it is to get text messages that are straight up Mister Freeze, Arnold Schwarzenegger from Micah. I get these text messages. Ice to see you. That was chill. <laughs> just the whole. <laughs> that was a chill conversation like you just oh my gosh the text messages you send me i laugh at um and he'll send me gifts too the yeah. gifs i'll just send me different ones of, of arnold schwarzenegger as mr freeze i think for me if i were to go and redo this i would have made a solid villain being reverse flash and i think instead of the opening scene being like some random villain going in and doing a heist, I would have had like the Royal Flush Gang, or I would have had, um, especially because he he had talked about working with a gorilla. I think having Grodd be his first villain at the very beginning. I think having a giant ape be or a gorilla, gorilla Grodd as your villain. I think that would have been amazing. Yeah. So that's what I would have done differently. Well, I think it's like it's 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 very hard to introduce a new villain. And I think they, it was kind of a cop out for them, right? Like they, they kind of just recycled old material and was like, you know, we can't, we're not going to get a new villain. We can't set up a new long-term villain without killing them off. So we might as well just use something we've already got. Yeah. And I think that's why they did what they did. Probably. 
I still like, especially since you're gonna, everything is gonna be done anyways. I I would have taken the shot. I would have been like, all right, listen, we're putting in the Royal Flesh Gang because Royal Flesh Gang is not someone that I really expect to be on the screen more than like five five to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I just don't see that. I think it would have been would have been fun to see that on there. So, all right, here's my last question before we wrap this up. What would you give this out of a one to ten? And one being on on let, let let's do it this way. The last Jedi being a one. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say Morbius being ten, but no, I know no, that you're no, not no, like no, I like Morbius better than I like the last Jedi. So that's fair. Um but, but the last <laughs> Jedi gets a one. Last Last Jedi is our one. <laughs> I saw the zero. <laughs> Okay, Last Jedi being the the bad side of it, and like Winter Soldier, Avengers, whatever. Pick your pick your fancy for the the better side of being a ten. Where where would you sit that movie? Six point five eight nine nine nine. Oh, that was one long number. Okay, not like like a dash in between. They're like six point nine nine ten. Like, yes, like okay. in between a six and a seven, leaning more towards seven, but leaning more not, towards seven. Okay, but not, but not. Okay. For me, I think just because I'm so harsh on this film, I'm willing to give it a five point five, going more towards a six. But I, when I gave my initial review, it was a five out of ten. I don't think it was trash, but there was a lot to be desired. I gave it the reason the number I gave it because of Michael Keaton solely. Listen, if one man can carry a movie like that for you, let's just put him in the Avengers. <laughs> just let just let him join with everybody else. We'll, we'll hey, get ten hey, out of ten movies all the time. What if Michael Keaton was Iron Man or something like that? And and I or what if season two? <laughs> oh my gosh, that'd be great! All right. Well, Micah, thank you so much for talking about The Flash with me. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out in theaters. Uh, Don't just sit on our opinions. Figure it out for yourself. We want you to have uh, your own opinions and think about what what your thoughts are and whatnot. So with that, we will catch you next time here on Nerd Talk.